When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Inside Schizophrenia, hosted by Rachel Starr Withers, an advocate who lives openly with schizophrenia. We're talking to experts about all aspects of life with this condition. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Inside Schizophrenia, a Healthline Media podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Starr Withers, here with my great co-host, Gabe Howard. Mark Twain said, humor is tragedy plus time. Today, we're going to talk about finding the humor and having schizophrenia. Is schizophrenia something we should even be allowed to joke about? Should you make jokes about mental illness? Schizophrenia is a very serious topic, but it's exhausting to be serious all the time. And joining us today is Cody Green. He is a motivational speaker and content creator with over 1 million followers across various social media platforms. And he lives with schizophrenia. And well, frankly, he jokes about it all the time. And he goes by the handle schizophrenic hippie. If you're one of the younger ones, Gabe, you know, he blew up first on TikTok. I'm very slow at taking up TikTok. All right. What about you? Is this one of your main platforms now? I just, every time I hear TikTok, I always think of the song TikTok, we can't stop. We, we, just, I, I just, I, I have not gotten into it, but it, it is, it is, pardon the pun, insanely popular. Oh, yes, yes, yes. It's crazy how many people know Cody Green that I've talked to and they were like, oh yeah, I follow that guy on TikTok. People are uncomfortable joking about schizophrenia because it's a serious topic, and they think that because something's a serious topic, you can't joke about it, as if the two are mutually exclusive. But I do want to remind the audience that we joke about very serious things all the time, and in fact, we take very serious things and trivialize them in society constantly. And and I, I came prepared with an example okay. to host a murder. Murder is very serious. People don't want to be murdered. We train our kids not to get murdered. Whenever a murder happens, it it, it makes news because it's very, 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 very serious. But it's also a party game that you can play with your friends. So it's understandable that people who live with schizophrenia and, and live in society and have absorbed American culture are also going to want to take parts of schizophrenia and find the humor in it as a coping mechanism. I agree. When you're talking about serious situations, I think the line is when you look at it, what's being made fun of? Is the punchline of the joke a person or a group of people, or is it a situation? There are comedians out there who have parents who have schizophrenia, and I'm not a big fan of mainly any of them. The reason is people are like, oh, but they're raising awareness that they're this, they're that. And I'm like, but the punchline of the joke is usually the parent. Ha ha, it's so funny. I had to grow up with this crazy person. And I don't like those jokes because the punchline is the fact that they had schizophrenia versus the punchline being, let's say, Gabe, I tell a joke about antipsychotics. And I'm like, well, usually the choice with antipsychotics is do I want to think clearly and have a brain or do I want to be asleep for 24 hours a day? 
It's like, those are my only two options. Okay, I'm not making fun of the fact I have to take antipsychotics. I'm making fun of the fact that the situation, those are usually my options in a humorous way. So I think that's the line when you're looking at, can I tell this joke? What's the punchline? What makes it funny? And of course, we also have to look at who's telling the joke. People living with schizophrenia can make fun of their own experiences in a way that people who are not living with schizophrenia cannot. There's a rule in comedy saying you always have to punch up, meaning the people that you make fun of always have to be above you. You can't punch down, meaning the people that you are poking fun at can't be below you. And I think that really applies here as well. A big clue to me on whether a joke is appropriate or not is who was it made for? Who, who is the audience that's going to find this funny? Is it just normal people who have stigmatization ideas about schizophrenia and they think that all schizophrenic people are just crazy murderers? So they'll find this joke funny. Or is the audience for people who deal with mental disorders? That, that's when you think about certain jokes like kind of toilet humor and stuff. Yeah, it could be funny to anybody. You know, everybody poops. Ha ha ha. But... I think that's the line of who was this joke made for? Who is going to find it funny? You also have to ask yourself, is this joke pushing a myth or a stereotype? Because obviously mental health advocates everywhere are trying to reduce the amount of stereotypes. Rachel, I want to put the camera on you for a minute (laughs) because you do get criticism. You've been criticized before because you've been on numerous comedy TV shows like Ridiculousness, World's Dumbest, America's Got Talent, and you were doing stupid stunts. You're also internet famous for viral fail videos. You've been set on fire, you played paintball in a bikini, and you wrestled an alligator. And many people have said, look, that that's not the kind of thing that's funny because you live with schizophrenia. You, you can't live with schizophrenia and set yourself on fire. That's dangerous. You're you're pushing something out in the world that's that's bad. You're, you're, for lack of a better word, promoting a stereotype. But obviously, you see it very, very differently. Are you hurting people living with schizophrenia by doing this? That's actually something that I've dealt with for a really long time. I just talked about toilet humor. If you've ever seen the show Ridiculousness, anyone can laugh because it's people falling. You know, and that's funny when someone just drops down when they try and do something, they try and hit the ball and instead they miss and hit themselves in the face. That that's funny. And I do do a lot of creation of video content like that. But I'm very clear to keep my schizophrenia away from that. I don't want schizophrenia to look bad. I don't want to portray schizophrenia as, you know, stupid. But, you know, some people are going to mix them together. I want to focus the audience on what you said there about people mix them together. Stigma works in all kinds of ways that people don't realize. And the fact that people assume that everything that you do, whether intentionally or unintentionally, has something to do with schizophrenia is part of that that stigma that just really permeates people living with schizophrenia. Everybody says, well... But because she lives with schizophrenia, maybe that's not the kind of thing that we should tell people that she does. And in fact, maybe it's irresponsible that she does those things. That is what stigma looks like. And and to bring it back to the, the comedy realm, again, when people hear people describing their lives and injecting humor... I look at it as, oh, wow, that's that's like really well adjusted. Many people in our community look at it as, hey, if you can find the humor, 
if you can find the humor, if you can look on the bright side, if I'm not laughing, I'm crying. These are all like really powerful things to come from such a dark place. Something most people miss is that I enjoy doing that stuff. It has nothing to do with schizophrenia. I just enjoy doing it. And when you think people with schizophrenia, it's like, wait, they have hobbies. They have careers. They have other things they want to do that's not being crazy. <laughs> like it was just almost like a mental light. Like, what? No, this person has schizophrenia. That is the only thing we'll ever think and associate them with. I have done many mental health videos that have nothing to do with stupid stunts. And one of them I did a number of years ago was called Fun Facts About Schizophrenia. This was not a, a funny video as far as comedy. I wasn't making any jokes. They were just fun facts that I had found while researching schizophrenia. And I talked very positive and upbeat in the video. And I got a lot of emails about that. Basically saying, how dare you? Schizophrenia is a serious mental disorder. You should not talk lightly about it. You know, there is nothing fun about schizophrenia. My blank loved one passed away because of this. My, you know, all this stuff. And, and I felt really bad. But I'm also like, that wasn't my goal. My goal was for making it for people like me. So that the word schizophrenia isn't all bad. I get that it's serious. But as a person living with it, I cannot be a downer all the time. I need something in my life. And I like being able to look at my schizophrenia and not just see darkness. Yes, it is a very serious issue and a lot of people are suffering, but it's not all suffering. And the main thing I noticed from these emails was that the people writing them were always the loved ones. No people with schizophrenia ever wrote me saying, how dare you tell me fun facts about this disorder I have? Who are you? You know, that never happened. And it was the caretakers, kind of that knee flex response that they want to protect the person in their life who has it. And they're coming after me like, how dare you? you know, you're not taking my loved one serious. And it's good and bad. And my answer to all those caretakers out there, I respect you because that shows you really love that person in your life, that you're willing to go after <laughs> random pieces of media. But also, going back to what I said earlier, who is the audience? The audience might not be for caretakers. The audience might have been for other people living with schizophrenia. Is the media that you're watching hurtful? Is it mocking people or is it bringing awareness to a situation and slowly normalizing that situation? And for me, that's always the line of, okay, should I make this, let's say, comment about schizophrenia? Who is going to be offended and who is going to be like, hey, that's funny because I can identify with that. And no one's ever talked about that out loud. There are real health benefits to having a positive outlook. There are real health benefits to laughing. There's, there's real health benefits to not being bogged down in the quagmire of schizophrenia. Humor is a driver for that. Humor, study after study after study, has shown that humor is in fact healthy. Whenever we laugh, your body goes through physical reactions. The muscles in your face and body, you stretch. I know if you've ever like laughed really hard and it's like your sides almost hurt and you're like, oh my gosh, what are these little muscles? Why does it hurt so bad to laugh? Your blood vessels dilate and the flow of oxygen to your organs is more efficient and your brain is also affected and it produces beta endorphins that help suppress pain. And reduce cortisol levels, which helps you reduce your stress levels. 
We all know that humor is healthy, and even organizations like the National Alliance on Mental Illness and their Connections Program, which is for people living with serious and persistent mental illness, it's a support group, one of their their 12 principles, principles of support, is we embrace humor as healthy. Mark Twain said, humor is tragedy plus time. When you go through something, when, when I'm first diagnosed with schizophrenia, I do not want schizophrenia jokes. I don't want jokes about how horrible antipsychotics might be. So it's also the time. Now that I have been with schizophrenia many, many, many years, I find a lot of things funny that I would not have found in my early 20s. So emotional changes also go through a person when you are laughing about some sort of trauma. And it even goes as far as the person writing the joke. To write the joke, you're having to look back at your own experiences. And it can be kind of a way to heal of being like, okay, yes, I went through this horrible thing. Let me tell you about it on a way that's going to be semi-relatable. Something our listeners might not know is that I had a very serious skin infection a while ago that's never really gone away. So I regularly have dime to nickel to quarter size sores on my face. I've been living with this for years. It does not phase me. But it's funny how many people are awkward around me and I can see them looking at my sores, but then they'll be like, oh, I didn't even notice them. And Gabe, I'm gonna call you out because Gabe, I just got to hang out with you and some other wonderful mental health advocates in New York. And everyone was like, oh, Rachel, because I kind of make a joke about it. I know it looks like I do crack. I know it looks like I do meth but it, I actually didn't today. The sores are from something else, kind of things like that. And, and you and the others were all like, oh, right, I didn't even notice them. And then our good friend, Michelle Hammer comes, who is a wonderful friend who has schizophrenia. And the first thing she says to me, having not seen me for almost a year, Rachel, what's wrong with your face? <laughs> <laughs> Like that, like she wasn't even that. Everyone else has said, oh, I didn't even notice it. I didn't notice that there's like a giant chunk of your eyebrow missing. Yes. (laughs) And it was funny because she was so out with it. And I'm like, yeah, because I know everyone sees it. And I do appreciate her calling me out. Certain people that wouldn't have been good, obviously would have embarrassed them for someone to scream that on a street as you're walking towards them in New York City. But I also appreciated it because yes, I know that it's there. And sometimes it's easier for me to bring it up than to have people just kind of looking at it thinking, wow, she really likes meth. (laughs) What I want the audience to hear is that Rachel deflected it using humor. You chose humor. This is an incredibly healthy coping mechanism that a lot of people use. Deflecting with humor is is a, it can be, I, I want to be very, very clear. Deflecting with humor can be a good thing, right? It, it can also be a maladaptive coping skill. If somebody comes to you and says, I'm worried about our marriage and you deflect with humor, that's, that's clearly not the time or the place, but in the right time and the right place, using humor a, as a coping mechanism can be very, very healthy. Let's talk about education for a moment, Gabe, because this is something I've always heard is that people with schizophrenia don't have a sense of humor. That's actually a a symptom is the flat effect is that they don't feel pleasure. They don't really laugh. Or if they laugh, it's at inappropriate times. My answer to all of this, that is correct. And it's also incorrect. Kind of like so many of our stigma around schizophrenia. Listen, when I am in a psychotic episode, 
No, I am not going to be laughing at your jokes. No, I am not going to be telling jokes because I can't even keep my thoughts together. And when I go into depressive episodes where I'm just so far in myself, it's hard to pull me out and be like, hey, let's go to a comedy. Like, that's the last thing I want to do. I don't want to watch the new Adam Sandler movie. I don't want to sit and watch this hilarious TV show. I want to be left alone, which is unhealthy. But understand that's where my mind is at. So yes, the lack of sense of humor, the flat effect is correct. But I also want you to say, look at how the person is doing. One really good key with me, if you want to know like how Rachel is doing, it's what cartoons I'm watching. I love my adult cartoons. King of the Hill, American Dad, Archer, Rick and Morty. Like I have so many. There's always one of them playing. The more mentally okay I am, like you'll see me watching Rick and Morty uh, because that that show, it's a very fast-paced show. A lot of times the characters interrupt each other. They talk over each other. Whereas as my mind gets worse, I'll tend to watch shows that are much more slower paced, like King of the Hill. It's a very slow-paced cartoon show. The characters never interrupt, and it's easier for my brain to handle that. So I've noticed even like what I think is funny changes depending on where I am mentally. People who live with schizophrenia are human. They're, they're normal. I, I think we all have comfort shows, right? Forget about schizophrenia for a moment. You ever had a hard day at work and just like, look, I want mindless television. But something you said earlier caught my, caught my ear. And, and you said there, there's this belief that people with schizophrenia aren't funny. And look, I, I only know one comedian, one, one comedic actor with schizophrenia, and that's Daryl Hammond. And, yes. and he is hilarious. I know there are more, but I just, the minute you said that, I'm like, well, then how do you explain Daryl Hammond? Are there more comedians or comedic actors that live with schizophrenia other than Daryl Hammond? Honestly, I, I feel like he's the pinnacle, right? Like he was one of the longest running actors on Saturday Night Live. He was known for his Bill Clinton impressions. For anyone out there who's like, who's that? And if you're like, who's Bill Clinton? You're, you're much younger than us. But he's also the announcer on Saturday Night Live and still makes appearances. But he is hilarious. And he does have schizophrenia. And you'll notice if you're like, I had no idea. Right. You don't have any idea because it has nothing to do with his job and who he is. You know, he doesn't go up there and make schizophrenia jokes. So you can have a career that has nothing to do with your schizophrenia. And so if you're asking me like, well, are there other funny people, comedians? Yes. And I'm sure many of them are out there and they don't ever bring up mental health or mental illness because it has nothing to do with, let's say, their sense of humor. However, I did want to I did want to drop two people. Uh, Sasha Lane. Now she's an actress and she's been in numerous comedy films up and coming. And for my comic book people like me, she appeared in Hellboy and she's in Marvel's Loki as Hunter C20. I haven't seen Loki yet, Gabe, but that's one of your shows. Yeah, I do like Loki. I, it, it's a great show over on Disney Plus. I yes. love the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yes. And one I wasn't expecting, Gabe, Russell Tyrone Jones. I'm not sure if you know who that is. I don't. That is Dirty Old Bastard from Wu-Tang hey, Clan. Yeah, I know yes. Wu-Tang. Yes. And I even last night I was scrolling back through some of his works, his songs, and I'm like, he was clever. He was a smart guy. Clever, quick, funny. 
And I, I, I think he should definitely be added to the list because people kind of just say, oh, well, he's a rapper. But he was. He was a very intelligent, kind of quick-witted guy when it came to funny stuff. All right, Rachel, you, you've convinced me that people with schizophrenia can be funny. Not that I needed convinced, but okay, let, let, let's hear some of these jokes. I know that later on, Cody will tell some of his, but but g- give me an example of some of some jokes about living with schizophrenia. These are not my jokes. They're from upjoke.com, which pulls from Reddit and all these different ones. So these are from different people. I cannot tell you if they actually have schizophrenia or not, but I, I did appreciate all of these. I don't think my girlfriend likes my schizophrenia meds because every time I take them, she goes away. (laughs) I appreciate that. I thought that was hilarious. The doctor said I have paranoid schizophrenia, but I'm pretty sure he's out to get me. Wow. As as a paranoid schizophrenic, I appreciate it. Are you struggling with a mental illness or are you really good at it? I like that one seems inspirational to me. I know, right? Like I was like, I am really good at it. Thank you. Yeah, nice, nice. I that, that, I like like that, I, one. that should be embroidered on a pillow. I have a childhood friend who has suffered from schizophrenia his whole life. In fact, he never moved out. He still lives in my head. <laughs> Come on, that, that that that's an easy joke. I want my humor to have a little more oomph. A hallucination is an optical delusion. I think that's oh, just a good definition. That's clever. It is. <laughs> that's like the best way. <laughs> it is. Yeah, and, and that joke is an excellent example of where people might think, oh, that's a joke about people living with schizophrenia, but it's not. It's a play on words. Yes. Right? Nice. Yes. Nice. I'm like, that's a smart one. And last, I think we can all appreciate. How many psychiatrists does it take to change a light bulb? Only one. But the light bulb has really got to want to change. See, I, I, I've heard that joke before, yes. but again, I, I don't think that's about people living with mental illness or living yes. with schizophrenia. I, I think it's just, we hear this all the time. We've been through a lot of therapy and they're like, well, you've got to want to, you've got to put in the work, you've got to yes. do the homework. It's just, it's really funny. Again, it's that play on words that makes the hard work that, that people living with mental illness and people living with schizophrenia do I don't know. It, it makes my psychiatrist less scary. That, that That's really the bottom line for me. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm mean, all of those. When I was reading them, they disarmed me. They made me laugh at myself or situations because I identified with all of those. I was kind of like, ha, ha, nice. Gabe Howard here to tell you about the Inside Bipolar podcast from Healthline Media. He does the show with me, Dr. Nicole Washington, a board-certified psychiatrist. That's right. A guy living with bipolar and a psychiatrist team up to discuss living well with bipolar disorder. Listen now on your favorite podcast player or visit psychcentral.com IBP to learn more. Subscribe now so you don't miss out. And we're back talking about finding the humor in schizophrenia. Rachel, I appreciate that you did your best telling other people's jokes about living with schizophrenia and mental illness. Let's go ahead and bring on Cody Green, who has jokes of his own. I am so excited today to be speaking with Cody Green, who is an actual TikTok star. I'd even say social media star across like multiple different channels. Real quick for our audience that might not have checked you out yet, Cody, give us the tour. Who is Cody Green? 
still online. People know me as Schizophrenic Hippie. Uh, it's a username that I picked and got stuck with, uh, <laughs> which I like, but you know, wasn't expecting. Um, I have over a million followers on TikTok. I have over a hundred thousand followers on Instagram, and just about fifty thousand followers on YouTube. Um, I share stories about my life with schizophrenia, addiction, and my experience being incarcerated. When were you first diagnosed with schizophrenia? So I started having symptoms when I was about 19 years old. I wasn't officially diagnosed until I was about 21. The reason for that being that I spent a few years struggling with addiction and trying to self-medicate. I also, because of the stigma surrounding schizophrenia and medication, refused to get help for several years. Anyone who follows you on the different social medias or have seen you speak in person know that you speak a lot about addiction and also having been incarcerated. How does that play into your schizophrenia? Do you think it had any effect on it or the reverse maybe? Yeah. So I started using drugs as a way to self-medicate because of my schizophrenia. So that's a question I get a lot is which came first. Um, the reason I tend to talk about all three is because statistically, if you look at it, people with schizophrenia have higher rates of addiction. They're also more likely to be incarcerated. That being all elements of my story, I think it's important to talk about all the different aspects of why I started using and how I ended up becoming incarcerated and how that all plays into my diagnosis and my schizophrenia. If I can ask Cody, why were you incarcerated? I was incarcerated because of nonviolent drug crimes. So because of my addiction, um, I spent just under a year in jail and it was directly related to what I was going through at the time of my psychotic break. What was the turning point where you decided you need to get help for your mental disorder? There was a lot while I was struggling with addiction, but while I was in jail was actually when I recognized that I needed to get some sort of help. Um, while I was in jail, I didn't have the distractions that I know a lot of people with schizophrenia rely on. No TV shows, no one to talk to. I couldn't just call up my friends or family any given minute of any given day. And so I lost all the things I used to distract myself on the outside which is why I started being able to quickly recognize that there was something wrong with me. At the time, I wasn't sure that it was schizophrenia. My mom also has schizoaffective disorder, so I had a suspicion that that's what it was. But before my diagnosis, I had, I had a lot of questions about what was going on and a lot of denial, too, as I think anyone does who's struggling with one of these disorders. So did you start getting help while you were incarcerated or after you got out? So I tried to start getting help while I was incarcerated. This is one of the reasons I talk about this in my story is because our current jail and prison systems are not set up for that type of care, for that type of diagnosis. I didn't get help until I got out of jail just because the resources were more readily available once I was out of those facilities than when I was actually in them. What is one thing that you think the government should focus on when it comes to incarceration of people with mental disorders? Well, I think there's a lot of different aspects because 
uh, when people who have mental health issues are first admitted into a jail or prison facility, they can actually have their meds taken away from them. And so someone who is struggling, even if they have those meds on the outside, it may take a, a few weeks to be able to get access to those meds on the inside, which wow. anyone with a serious mental illness knows being without those meds for even a few days can have very detrimental side effects. And so that is a huge issue. But because of safety reasons they can't just let you bring in medication from the outside so they have to bring it in through their facilities then also be able to provide some sort of treatment or medication while they're transitioning out because that'll ensure that they're able to transition safely back into everyday life but also reduce the rates of them coming back or reduce the rates of recidivism Let's take a little bit of a, a turn on that, all the serious stuff. When did you decide to start creating videos about schizophrenia? My uh, wife started sending me TikToks like three years ago when the app was just kind of getting started. And I was like, this is so stupid. I'm never going to watch anything you send me on this app. And then I was like, well, I'll tell you what, I'll download it so I can watch the video she sends me. And then after a while of having the app, I started liking videos and started seeing videos that I actually kind of resonated with. At some point, I just decided maybe I should try to make some videos about my own experience. I meant more for it to be like a personal blog, just a video blog for myself. At no point did I intend for people to actually watch it or listen to it or gain over a million followers. Uh, that just became what it was because People liked how I authentically shared my stories. I didn't sugarcoat things. When I was sharing stories of my hallucinations and delusions, uh, I was very descriptive. I told people how I felt in those moments. And then as my page grew, I also started showing videos of me reacting to hallucinations or showing me using coping mechanisms. I think what stands out the most when you look through your videos is the humor. Yeah. <laughs> you're really funny. And and you're not like making fun of schizophrenia, you're making fun of the entire situation. Like yeah. tell us about your your humor when it comes to schizophrenia. Well, I think anyone who's a millennial or Gen Z cope with humor, right? That's like a very common trauma response and in my journey I went through so much difficulties and I went through so much trauma where I did start needing a way to cope with it. I needed a way to let some of that anger out, let some of that frustration out with everything I'd been through. And humor became a very quick coping mechanism when I started making videos because I was tying things back to my own lived experience. Like you said, not trying to make fun of any individual person with schizophrenia, just trying to make light of this really stigmatized topic that a lot of people struggle with. And it became very quickly a big part of my content and a big part of uh, now pursuing comedy on the side, too. And I've really enjoyed that because it allows me to uh, not only spread awareness about schizophrenia, but do it in a way that's not so traumatizing. Now, I'm very lucky because I've gotten to see you now twice doing stand up comedy. Can you drop a joke for our audience here on Inside Schizophrenia? Yeah, absolutely. So I was really excited that I got to go to New York with you and some other mental health advocates. But the problem is New York is really confusing as a schizophrenic person because I tend to look for things that stand out as a way to identify that those things aren't really there. The problem with that is uh, 
New York is so different than anywhere else in the world. So there are three different things that I witnessed while I was there. I'm going to tell you three scenarios, two of which are real, one of which is not. Um, I'll let you try to figure out which one was real. So the first thing I saw was I saw a man dressed as Spider-Man throwing the contents of his sandwich at someone at Subway, not the sandwich shop, the train. <laughs> I saw two women dance battling to the SpongeBob SquarePants theme song, not dubbed or anything, just the actual theme song. And then lastly, I saw a man drinking a four loco yelling at a Starbucks advertisement and his exact words he said when i walked by were i'm not afraid of a grande i fought a venti before <laughs> uh out of those three which one do you think would be the one that isn't true <laughs> so all three of those actually happened in the three days i was in new york that's how nuts it is out there <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, I want to start a Ghost Hunters TV show, and I think it would be really fascinating to have a schizophrenic person on a show like that, because then someone would actually be hearing something instead of them just grabbing a mic and be like, hey, did you guys hear that? It was over there. I can be like, uh, no, I actually did hear that. He said, get out of here, please. Very nice. Very nice. I mean, that. yeah, that's every night I'm listening to the whispers. <laughs> I recently have been getting a lot of comments from what I call crystal ladies, the people who are going to, you know, tell me that the best course of action for my schizophrenia is to get different types of crystals. And they ask me questions about uh, when I was born and the moon cycles. And they a lot of the time will ask me if I have increased symptoms during full moons. And then I have to very quickly explain that I am not a werewolf. I have <laughs> schizophrenia, and I don't know why there's a correlation between the two of those ideas, but that's something I get a lot in my comments. And believe it or not, not the worst of my comments, actually. Oh, yeah. Th those are like the, the softball. Yeah. What, what is some of the, the feedback you've gotten from your different jokes? You know, every joke hits different depending on the audience. And I'm still learning a lot about what people like to hear, what's too far for some people. Mm -hmm. And then also, sometimes there are things that I think will be common knowledge about schizophrenia that I forget not everyone knows. And so having to go into explaining some of the side effects or explaining some of the medication journey before I tell these jokes, I found is really important because not everyone has spent the last decade of their life living with this disorder and trying to uh, better understand the illness and being able to help people have a foundation for the joke, I found is really important, which is difficult because I think when you've lived a decent amount of your life with it, you just assume everyone's at the same level of knowledge as you are. That's been one of the things I've been really realizing and trying to improve on during this uh, adventure with comedy on the side. It's an incredible way to just be like dropping knowledge, though, on everybody. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Do you ever get chastised or people upset saying that, like, you shouldn't be making light of such a serious mental disorder? Oh, absolutely. And I think I take those comments with a grain of salt because my intention is never to offend another person living with schizophrenia or offend someone who is a caretaker of someone with schizophrenia. That's why I try to thoroughly explain, like, this is just for my own ability to cope. I use humor as a way for my own journey. And I know that there are people who aren't huge fans of that. But I think the important thing to remember is everyone copes differently. 
I will say, though, a large, large majority is people who love that I'm using this to not only cope, but educate people, because that is it all comes back to my main intention is to help people better understand the illness. And if we can do it through laughs, I think that's even better. Looking back at your life thus far, what do you think has been like one of the most standout experiences that you've got to do in this journey? So I think, I mean, there's been so many because of social media. I've met some of my, I've met some of my idols from when I was a kid, YouTubers and movie stars and like people who have been actors since I was a young kid. And my large social media presence has given me this opportunity to meet and talk to people that I could have never imagined speaking to. Um, Just one example is Anthony Padilla. He used to be a part of Smosh, which was one of the original YouTube groups that really blew up. Yes. Um, And he started doing things on his own now. And he actually invited me to be interviewed about my experience with schizophrenia. And that was surreal for me because, like I said, I had followed him since I was in middle school. Right. And so to be able to do things like that um, and every day, it seems like I have a new opportunity like that. If you ask me two years from now, I'm sure I have a different example, too, which is so exciting and also, you know, a little nerve wracking, but mostly exciting. What I love about my life and what I do is I never make plans above uh, what I'm already doing. So things that kind of happen just roll out for me like that. Uh, Motivational speaking wasn't something I planned on doing. Mm -hmm. I because of social media, started getting requests to come speak. And I did it a few times and I was like, I love this. I love being able to share my message. I love being able to help educate people so they better understand schizophrenia. And then from there, because of my comedy videos that I've done on TikTok, I got the same request to come do comedy places. I try to just keep it open-ended and know that if an opportunity arises, I'm usually the type of person who... I'm going to take it or I'm going to try something new. And I think that's what I love about my journey is that I don't really have an end goal. I'm doing whatever feels right. I'm doing whatever is exciting and new. And I think that leaves a lot of open possibilities. I know a lot of people are going to hear this interview and they're going to listen to you talk. Even with you telling us your background with addiction and incarceration and schizophrenia, they're going to say, wow, but he's so well-spoken. He's so smart. That will never be me. What is your message to other people with schizophrenia? I would say that everyone starts somewhere in their journey. I think the frustrating thing that I and other advocates go through is people see us now and think we're quote unquote high functioning. We're doing so well. We've gotten to this point just through sheer luck. And it was years of medication. It was years of treatment. It was years of therapy. Uh, I used to love public speaking in high school. But then when I was first diagnosed, I had a very hard time articulating thoughts. It took years to regain that. And it took years to be able to feel like myself again. My message is that anyone can do this. I'm not special by any means with the right treatment plan, with the right care team. Anyone can do what I'm doing or what Rachel's doing. I think that's the part we're always trying to communicate as advocates is that anyone could do this because we did it. And we're not anything special in comparison to anyone else struggling with this disorder. Where can our audience learn more about you and hopefully bring you some more followers? Yeah, absolutely. So my username for Instagram, TikTok, 
and YouTube is Schizophrenic Hippie. I know it's super long and difficult to spell, but that's what it is. Um, and then I do have a motivational speaking website. That's CodyGreen.com. And then I actually do have a comedy website, which is really new, and it's CodyGreenComedy.com. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Cody. And I love your videos. We're definitely going to be watching more and seeing what all you do. This is very, very cool talking with you today. Thank you so much for having me. Rachel, excellent job. Love Cody Green. I'm so grateful that he was available. I, you know, it, it occurred to me, Rachel, when I was listening to the two of you, and, and I, I swear to God, this is not a setup to call you old, but you have one of the original YouTube channels of somebody openly talking about living with schizophrenia. And it's it's much older than the new TikTok versions and, and all the new stuff that's coming out, which of course, Cody represents. And as I was listening to the two of you, you're both schizophrenia advocates. You're both people living with schizophrenia, but you got your start a decade before for Cody. So, so things are changing and it was interesting to see that. What are your thoughts on all of the changes of, of, of humor and, and schizophrenia advocacy being pushed out onto the internet now? I absolutely love it. I love this new wave of comedy that has just kind of taken over the entire world. And I think because the entire world went into COVID, everyone discovered TikTok. A decade ago, Gabe, if you'd been like, okay, Rachel, this is what's going to be funny in a few years. It's going to be these quick five-second one-liner videos. That's what you want to make. And I'd be like, no, that that you can't make a five-second video. That's terrible. <laughs> like, it's, it's over. No one's going to click on that. No one's going to load a five-second video. Whereas now, I mean, if I'm on... TikTok and the video plays longer than a few seconds, I'm on to the next one. <laughs> I'm like, eh, I don't want to sit through this. And I love that. There's so many new comedians out there who are able to pull these sight gags and these jokes. And if you haven't checked out Cody Green, please do. He has a number of schizophrenia ones where it's just great with him making fun of having delusions. Now, again, not making fun of the fact that people have them, just his experiences with them. And I think they're hilarious. I hope there's more of that. I hope that this online community keeps growing because for one, more people with schizophrenia are, are able to talk about it and find other people like us. I think that's the most important thing. Yes, there's going to be some bad things that come with it, but look at the overall good. More people with schizophrenia can talk about it, can be open about it, or even just find people that are like them. It is funny. I, I do. I remember making videos and content 10 years ago as well. And yeah, I'd love to make five second videos. <laughs> I just, we, we had to put in like all of this time and all of this yes. effort to, and then edit you. We needed like two, three, four, five, six, ten 10 minutes. And now people are getting the same amount of oomph and educational value and, and humor and support and love and everything in, in, in a few seconds. I, it, it's, it is an excellent evolution, but man, did we work hard. We work so hard. Kids these days, kids these days. <laughs> I know. I'm like, wow. I mean, I wish I could have done those things. <laughs> Humorist Irma Bombeck once said, there is a thin line that separates laughter and pain comedy and tragedy, humor and hurt. Humor can be used to bring us all together or tear us apart. So let's connect with those around us and become a bigger support group for each other. 
I'm Rachel Starr. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Inside Schizophrenia. Please like, share, subscribe, and rate our podcast. And we'll see you next time here on Inside Schizophrenia, a Healthline Media podcast. You've been listening to Inside Schizophrenia, a podcast from Psych Central and Healthline Media. Previous episodes can be found at psychcentral.com slash IS or on your favorite podcast player. Your host, Rachel Star Withers, can be found online at rachelstarlive.com. Co-host, Gabe Howard, can be found online at gabehoward.com. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.